0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello welcome to You Red, as Nottingham Forest suffer their first Premier League defeat in six games after losing 2-0 to Fulham. Joining me to discuss injuries, sh- subs and Shelby are first of all Mikey Clark. Mikey, I say how are you? You've not been well all week. How are you feeling now?
0: Yeah, much better Matt. Thank you for having me on. Not been on for a while, so it's uh, good to meet everyone again.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just going to edit the settings for this video because I realize I've not made it live on YouTube. So give me one second. An absolute. I know. I know. One job. Uh, Second guest. No, as people know, we like to have a celebrity on the podcast. An expert who's done a bit in the game, a legend, if you will, with that in mind. Greg Mitchell, fresh from the overlap. How are you? I oh. knew you were
2: going to do that. I thought, Don't <laughs> I say, say it. Don't feed my friends, Bloomin'. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm fresh <laughs> after an exciting Super Bowl watch last night. So Yes,
1: yes. It's good of you to join us after not... Have you been to bed?
2: <clears throat> yeah, a little bit, a couple
1: of hours. Good, good man, good man. And the reason you you were on the overlap, we you owe a debt to is David Protsen, who recommended us. Prots, how are you?
3: Uh, very well. I'm, I'm I'm sat in shimmering awe of Greg and his new mate Gene Evan Carrot. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be somewhere near the standard that he's now used to.
1: <laughs> yes, he's dangerous. Dangerous with his presence. Very kind of him, indeed. So let's start with Greg. Um, you were there at Fulham. Uh, starting a pub crawl at like 10am it looked like on the map on the WhatsApp group uh, what about the game overall the day, well, it wasn't Forest Day particularly and a lot went wrong for the first seven minutes, what <coughs> do you make of it overall?
2: Uh, yeah I mean I said the other week that Fulham's arguably going to be as hard to get points at as playing Man City next week and it was I mean Willian and Mitrovic are just such good players they're a joy to watch I mean not much fun on Saturday for us, but especially Willie, And He was everywhere. He was causing havoc and it was just a real struggle. The whole day it was a struggle, obviously, the injuries. And yeah, 2 0. You know, you walked away with that thinking, okay, dam- damage limitation. It was only 2 0, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I saw it on Twitter. It was a Premier League record to lose two players in the first seven minutes. And the way Forrest did it, you know, two injuries, two hamstring injuries in the same move to both centre-halves. It's a, Do you think it's not your day, Pruts, when that happens straight away?
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, yeah, bad day at Black Rock, I think is how you would describe it. I think, um, for, I mean, let, let's, not, let's not kind of dial down what Fulham are. Fulham are a very good team. They, they needed to do the Premier League in a better way than they've done in the last few seasons, and they've done that absolutely... Terrifically so far. Um, I, I think the kind of team that you're coming up there against there, with regards to where they are in the league, um, it's it's with, again without sounding condescending or dialing down what Forest have done so far this season. Um, it's it's no disgrace to come away from Craven Cottage with that particular type of two uh, nil. Um, I just hope from the like you say from an injury point of view. are, are we got any update on those? Are they are they? serious. I mean, sometimes with hamstrings it's preventative rather than something actually going wrong. But uh, I've not heard anything come out of the campus yet. Have we heard anything?
1: McKenna, well, Greg sent a WhatsApp saying <laughs> McKenna,
2: couldn't,
1: <laughs> McKenna couldn't walk, he'd heard from someone. So McKenna said not <laughs>
2: so Someone saw doing it on good start.
1: <laughs> but not, not any official, no, not that I know of. So we'll have to wait and see till later in the week, I would imagine. Do you think, Prox, yeah. that will questions be asked internally about that. Is it just one of those freak occurrences, or Forest had so many injuries? I don't know if fingers start being pointed, but oh. do you look at it and say what's going wrong here that we keep getting these injuries?
3: Well, I mean, it's not a Watford standard um, sample size, is it? I mean, they've got about six or seven players with hamstring injuries. That's when you start kind of looking. <coughs> excuse me, inwardly. Um, no, I, I don't. I mean, look, casting your mind back over what we've seen from Forest under Steve Cooper for the last couple of years. It doesn't. It doesn't strike me as a team that's, um, or a, or a squad that's prone to too many injuries, such as this. Would I be right in saying that? I mean, there's not many that have run off, uh, gone jogging off with hamstring injuries. Which um, sometimes it's just look at the draw. I mean, you can point the fingers at um, the strength and conditioning, the recovery, the the way that uh, lads are prehabbed and, and rehabbed when it comes to, to being back from injury. But sometimes, as you say, Matt, it's just. A freak occurrence that um, I think Forrest have done well to kind of navigate away from. If I, if if been, uh, my mind can be very sketchy and hazy, but it, it doesn't strike me as, as a as a team that's been thin on the ground at any stage with regards to a, a whole kind of tidal wave of injuries.
1: No, I mean the owners obviously backed them with a lot of signings. Well, you were talking. I was trying to think what the injuries have been around. Mm-hmm. Have they been muscle injuries? I mean Henderson is, but that's a freak thing. Really, you take a goal kick yeah. and you. Rip your thigh muscle off! It looked like yeah. so That's you can't be laden, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mikey, Warrell, and Felipe, come on! I think Felipe grabbed the headlines, and Warrell, to me, did. Uh, it wasn't his best game, but he, I think he was terrible by any means. But was Felipe a bright spot for you?
0: Yeah, he was. I think um, <clears throat> it wasn't going to be too long before he got in the first team anyway. I don't, I don't think you play all those games for Simeone at, at Atletico if you're not, you know, a pretty pretty solid player. And by all accounts, and and the extended highlights, I oh, saw um <clears throat> he won pretty much every single aerial duel, which against Mitrovic is a hell of a thing to say, really. So mm. I think it bodes well. He's very experienced. I think when everybody's fit, or at least some of them are fit, I think he'll probably play alongside Nia who's a bit of a Rolls-Royce player who can cover a little bit deep. And I think that might be the two that we eventually go with. Um. But you know you, you can't imagine Felipe or Warril thought they'd be thrust into action in the first half. You know after seven minutes, so and I thought they actually did all right, both of them. Um, I, I was I was really sorry, wrong. Sorry, sorry.
3: The funny, not not the funny thing, because obviously people are injured. When you're out the team, you get your head around the fact that you've got a good half an hour there to sit with your feet. On. <laughs> <laughs> but before someone goes go and warm up, because part of you is it, it depends how you come out the side if it's done for a bit. For being rested, I've had that a couple of times. We're going to rest you. No, you've just been crap. <laughs> We're putting you on the bench. Um, so you have got kind of you sat there with like a, a bear with a sore head for a little bit. So like that kind of seven minutes in, you just go, oh god, really? Come on, at least get to time Let me finish my cup of tea, and then we can kind of get going with that to getting on the pitch. So yeah, it's um, but it but it's again, it strikes me as a very empathetic group of players. So I, I think they'll all be kind of hoping that. The best players are, are fit and ready to go as and when they're, as and when they're ready.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's like um, <clears throat> when you're a, when you're a cricketer and you've been bowling and you've had two days in the field and then you're batting, you're twenty for four, and then all of a sudden you bat, you know you're, you're batting again. And you, you don't have that rest. But there was one bit that I did really enjoy. Felipe played a, a, a brilliant ball through. Um, I think it was halfway through the second half. It might have been to Gibbs White or to Dennis, and that's. Kind of what I've not seen from any of our central defenders since last year. You know when Worrell in the back three used to step out, and Scott McKenna. If you think back to the Sheffield United home game in the playoffs, that ball he played through to to Surridge, I've not seen a ball like that for quite a while. So that bodes really well as well. It was it was a brilliant ball. So more of that, please. And, and like I said, I, I think it was a matter of time before Felipe broke into the first team anyway, just because of his level of experience and his and his knowledge and and everything that he's going to bring to the team. So you never want to wish players injuries, of course, but I think we'll be all right. And like I said, N- is back on the grass, and I think it'll be them two going forward.
1: Uh, thank you to the truth you know, on YouTube in the comments saying, I look good, shaved haircut, been using some moisturiser. I've not, but the reason Greg also got to go to the overlap was because I went to a day spa for my wife's birthday
3: <laughs> and <he laughs> to it.
1: Yes. So I have been on the moisturiser. Like, so the part.
3: only reason that he went was because you turned it down. Is that? Yeah. I mean, talk about a backhanded compliment. My word.
1: I know, I know. You you did me down for if we're <laughs> going to a spa, Prot. So I've got no shame about that at all. No, I mean, look at this face. Never been anywhere near a spa, is it? Sorry,
0: everyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the game. Rough first half for Forest. They were definitely second best. The goal itself they scored. Uh, that Fulham scored through Willian. Prots, how much is the balance? Oh, OK, we'll come back to Prots in a minute. He's going to have to... What's he doing? That's It's normally me who has to charge up stuff like that. It must know, be a long can... cable. I know. It must be a long cable, yeah. I could pad out now, when, uh, or I can just wait for Prots to... Unmute uh, yourself. Ah, oh, there you yes. are. Right. Sorry. Excellent. The goal for score scored, Protts. Uh, Where the balance lie between bad defending from Forrest and brilliant finish from Willian for you? Uh,
3: I mean... I think given Mikey, uh, sorry, Greg's summation of what he'd seen, the, the fact that we're talking about William playing against a Nottingham Forest side in the Premier League, it, it's he's a fantastic player, regardless of, of of where he is right now. But given the history of his of his, of his uh, professional career in this country, to be beaten by a player such as that in a game such as that is, is again, and I'm not dialing down, down what Forest should be trying to chase down in the Premier League, but this is a proper solid Premier League footballer. So, Um, I think the balance with regards to the question is is somewhere in between because we've seen it over the course of the season so far and in the Championship you get several bites of the same type of cherry, don't you? Whereas in the the Premier League, one mistake, one lapse of concentration, you're done, you're punished Um, and I don't think, other than the kind of opening games of the season, that's not been a finger that we can point at Forest so far this year, is it? They've been quite streetwise on the ground when it's come to the games um, and taken points from the teams in and around them. So, yeah, I would say it probably rests somewhere in the middle. Um, it, it doesn't... If you're looking about the result in the grand scheme of things, it's chastening, it, but I don't think it's it's particularly overly damaging for where Forrest is going to end up this season.
1: No, I agree. It doesn't change my opinion. Win or lose, I still think Forest are going to going to be a great achievement to stay up at any by any form or fashion um and also I mean Loddy I don't think he covered himself in glory for the goal but I actually thought he had a decent game and Mitrovic mm-hmm. kept playing on him and Loddy did his best to in that physical mismatch and and had a pretty solid match overall um the rest of the first half Greg in the ground did it feel like Forest were clinging on in there and
2: just getting to half time at 1-0 was a result in itself yeah but the the away end was right behind him it was a it was a cracking atmosphere and there was a lot of hope because I just think when, when we're not getting the possession, when we're playing with like 30% possession, when you've got players like Felipe doing those wonderful balls, it was through to Gibbs White, I thought that, uh, and some set pieces, there is hope there. And now we've got play. we're not just relying on Gibbs White for the corners anymore. And uh, I thought, I mean, Scarper had a quiet game, didn't he? But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't heads down at half-time by any means. Mm. I
1: mean, one aspect where I do feel like Forrester back to square one, Mikey, a little bit, is new signings have come in. And now Cooper's kind of still searching for what his best eleven is again. Like, we'll come on to Chris Wood, but he's got to integrate Wood. Obviously, problems at centre-half. We don't know what the best midfield is again, although we got some idea once Shelby came on. And it's the second, at least the second game in a row. where Forest have started badly, and Cooper's had to do something in the second half. Do you at half time, sorry, Do you think that's symptomatic that he's now feeling again? What is the best formula for this team, Mikey, if it, or not?
0: Yeah, I'd go a little bit further. Actually, you know, you know, just cash in. Fulham are a good team, right? So if if you look at who started in their eleven on Saturday, more than half their team that started that game played in the Championship. So they've come. up. I think we only had McKenna and Johnson. From ours, And I think we ended the team with Worrell and Johnson, whereas they bought a few players on that again played in the championship. So there's that level of consistency there and they all know where they are on the pitch. And we were getting that rhythm as we sort of, you know, approached the latest January window and, and obviously, obviously bringing in all those players. It does feel a little bit like, not that we've taken a backward step because, you know, we had two injuries in the first four minutes or seven minutes or whatever it was. So we are going to need a squad. And there's that thing going around Twitter that shows you all the players that are out injured and we could quite conceivably make a decent first team out of all of them in other positions. So, so we do need the players, but it does feel a little bit like we're going to have to have a bit of time trying to embed the way they play. And I'll give you an example. And I know there's a lot of stick for Chris Wood, but I think if you look at the way Mitrovic operates for Fulham, is that target man. Plays with his back to goal, but also turns and brings the other guys into play as well. I think we're playing Chriswood on the left. Did he play on the left again, Greg, on um, Saturday at Fulham? Um,
2: well, his only chance—he came from the left, really. So
0: yeah, but no, I thought he
2: was pretty central, to be honest.
0: Was it yeah, okay? Well, maybe that's it. maybe that's the case. Yeah. Maybe that's the case, but I do think we're going to have a bit of embedding time. But can we afford that time? That's the question. Because there's you know, there's Man City coming up and then two massive games, I think West Ham and, and Everton. So that's another, another amazing challenge for Cooper. Can he get these new players to gel in? You know, the dynamic of the midfield really interests me as well. You know, Scarpa started there on um, Saturday. Not a huge fan of him starting there, if I'm honest. I think yeah, maybe Danilo... Yeah. Shelby will talk about I think he looked absolute class when he came on, so did, does he and, and where does he play in the three? Does he play center? does he play left? Does Danilo play deep? does Froiler play deep? These are all challenges that Cooper's got over the next few weeks, but I agree with what you're saying, Matt. It just feel as if not with taking a step back, we maybe paused a little bit just to try and embed these new signings into the team, try and get another rhythm, and I'm sure. You know, we'll do what we did um, at the start of the season, which is find the balance, find a way of playing, hopefully a little more expansive and take it from there. But it's hard to argue when you have two injuries in the first seven minutes because we, we do need this squad. We do need options. Mm, I, yeah. I, I question Jordan I, if I'm honest, kind of coming in and not having Cook, but that's, that's just my opinion. And if that's the, the guy Cooper wants, then that's absolutely fine. But I think we, we just need to have just a bit of a bit of patience just see how things go over the next couple of weeks. See how Wood integrates into the team. I've not been overly impressed, if I'm honest. Judging by the comments, a lot of us he, he was
2: he was inches away from a goal, though that that yeah. ball in, and you know, just on another day that goes in and it changes the whole trajectory of his season, doesn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Andre, are you not Jordan? Are you? I think. Um So let's talk about Wood then, Protz. I mean. Uh, mm. I don't think you've seen all his games. He does look like a fish out of water at the moment. But where's the yeah. in a sense, I suppose the question is how much of that is down to him, either through lack of confidence or lack of form, and how much is down to Forrest for not playing to his strengths, do you think?
3: Probably a bit of both. I think you're looking at a player that can resolutely do a job in the Premier League but probably hasn't had the mints under his belt. And if you look at perhaps how Boris have gone about the way they've attacked the Championship and the start of the Premier League, um, looking at it from a traditional number 9 point of view, because it was always very interchangeable, it was always very mobile, wasn't it, up front? And, mm-hmm. and Chris, we're talking about him playing in off the left. That's absolutely not his position. Absolutely not. He's got to, he's got to play down the middle. He, he's, I'm not saying that oversimplifies what it brings to a football team, but if he's a big number nine, then you stick a big number nine in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> you don't have him asking about on the wing because he, he's not. That, he's just genuinely not that type of player. But as Greg was saying, he, he, he kind of appeared to be doing most of his work down the centre of the pitch. Now it's up to the lads that are in and around him, the Brennans and, 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 and Morgan and, and players such as that, to be able to facilitate that. Sometimes players can drop straight in and hit the ground. I was at the Leeds Man United game yesterday and you're looking at uh, about Beghorst who, for 45 minutes, it looked as if his teammates had literally never set eyes on him, didn't know what to do with him. It was either balls smashed up to him, um, not looking for anything in his feet, and he just kind of running around thinking, well, what are we doing? Well, nothing because no one's giving you the right type of bat. Um And maybe with Chris, it's just going to take... A longer time for him to kind of bed in. Different player to are you, of course. I mean, from from a, a fans' point of view, and this is specifically aimed at both Mikey and, and, and Greg. Are you seeing a player that looks like he's wanting to hit the ground running? Is is there a body language issue with him?
2: I, I saw I saw more on Saturday than we have done in previous games. But the the last thing we want to do, and the easiest thing we do as fans, is have the next like you know player to bash and we're not that kind of squad at the minute and I feel like Wood's name keeps getting mentioned but I think Shelby's going to help Wood not only have they played together but Shelby put some decent balls in and it's for your big lad isn't it again not just relying on Gibbs White so I do think if he sticks with him we'll, we'll end up seeing the benefits from it it's just not happening at the minute throwing him in and he's do know, he just doesn't seem quick enough for the way we play and the, the limited chances we, we get, but it, it will come.
0: We played um, more balls into the box after he'd gone off, I noticed, which is, which is <laughs> yeah. ironic. That's ridiculous, but, isn't it? Ridiculous.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, they got much wider, didn't they? Certainly, once he'd gone off, maybe that was symptomatic they could move the ball better. I, I don't know, but it's an area to work on. Just say to Henry in the comments, yes, we have all seen the game. Sometimes you just this, don't remember exactly where's the every point of it, but we have all seen it in full. Um, get him on. Get, get, <laughs> is there the other th- thing That's I can on
3: bullshit. Get him on, Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the yeah, other point have, um, 21.
1: <laughs> A big point of concern that we uh, mentioned this to Mikey and Greg well before Prutz joined us. It feels like oh, it's the, the stats bear it out there's a real lack of goals in this team. If Brennan, Johnson or Morgan Gibbs-White aren't involved and it isn't a set piece, you kind of
2: worry where the goals are coming from, don't you, Greg? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, we've got three away goals. But that, again, is the way we're playing away from home. Every team who's playing at home against us will be expecting to win, full of confidence, loads of the ball. So we've got to get more of these chances. And that's where Shelby will help, especially like I was really impressed with some of the balls he was playing through and, you know, laying off the ball and then crossing it in, it looked good. So, we've just got to be more clinical, but we brought the players in in January to do that. So, like I say, Fulham and Man City free hits, we missed on Saturday. There's no saying that we might not get some in this one, and then it's down to the, the serious ones again, like we've had last month, which worked. So... You know, you go down to West Ham and picking up anything, picking up a point at West Ham damages them so much more than it does us. It'd be a huge result. Mm.
1: Do you think, Prutz, I mean, from your experience of playing in teams, it's not just the attack that this is an obvious thing that scores the goals, but they've got to find the midfield balance behind them still, haven't they? Maybe Shelby is a a huge difference maker who can pick out those pinpoint passes because it feels to me like, we don't know what the best midfield three is again, really.
3: No, and I think probably puts into sharper focus what Ryan brings, doesn't it, really? Hmm. Um, a, a player that becomes part of a whole that's greater than some of its parts. And he, he, he kind of gets on with his job and then as much as they were finger pointing a year ago or 18 months ago at him, he, he, I think he's, he's a is a sore miss for, for but. John Joshell was a fantastic footballer and I think <clears throat> hopefully given possibly not necessarily the game time that it's had with Chris Wood but the training time that it's had with Chris Wood <clears throat> we're standing in good stead to be able to bring out the best in him um, I think it's a tough one to write him off pretty much straight away I mean we are talking about a player that was top scorer in the championship I mean and that seems like such a long time ago now but he absolutely knows where the goal is and I think you're right Matt it's Sometimes, as a midfielder, and I, because I was never prolific by any stretch of the imagination, you can hide behind the fact that it's the strikers that have got to score the goals. It's not, especially in the Premier League. If you've got good delivery set-pieces, your centre-halves and your defensive side of it needs to step up in those particular situations. And the creation in midfield needs to be there. But we are talking about <clears throat> competing in the toughest league, toughest division on the planet. So... Uh, it's, it's, it's again, it's no disgrace not to have midfielders not in double figures when it comes to scoring goals, but they do need to spread that responsibility around.
1: Do you think, I mean, I put on Twitter, Mikey, they miss Yates in games, especially like this one, where they didn't lay a glove on Fulham in midfield in the first half. I don't remember even a tackle being won. Uh, it was, felt like there was a bit of historical revisionism with lots of people in the replies now telling me that Yates is crap, but um, not not all of them, but some. Do you, do you think they missed Yates, Mikey, and they are missing Yates? Yeah.
0: I do. And for the reason that Prutz just said, you know, I think he he makes the uh, the team tick in just the fact that he gets about and puts himself about. So and allows the people around him to be a little bit more expressive and creative. So if you watch, I'm a, I don't know whether anyone else does this, you know, you know, the, the games that you, we win and do really well. So Liverpool 1-0, I've got that saved downstairs on my skybox. And when I'm a bit bored. Stick it on. Just watch, see how we played. Bit geeky, I know. The amount of times mm. G H chucks himself in front of the ball. Seriously, if anybody doesn't believe me, watch it. So there's that one. There's, um, there's a couple more that I've got as well. So, and yeah. and he's, he's so integral to that team. I think it just people might not necessarily realise it, but I certainly do because I, I watch it quite a lot. And I think when you, t- when you take that out of a team, it becomes even more evident. And I think we've kind of seen that in recent weeks. So I, I'm under no... Illusions that as soon as he's back fit and firing, he'll be back in that starting lineup. So it, the question is, who who goes around him? And I think it's a bit horses for courses. So if you've got, I don't know, Man United at home, you probably want to play a bit more of a deep deeper line too. If we've got Southampton at home, end of the season, you might want to go with with somebody like a scarper in midfield. I'm not sure, but I think it's about having those options. But for me, I, I genuinely and I wouldn't have said this a year ago, but you know. I'm honest and I change my mind when I see things and I I think he's he's a staple in this team and I think he gets back in as soon as he's fit, honestly. Mm. Mm. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, I think back to the Chelsea game as well, where he had his running battle with Zakaria and Mason Mount and things like that. For me, he definitely plays and he maybe he allows Danilo to be eased in and you don't have to play Scarpa in midfield. Uh, I I thought Mangala had a, a rank bad game on Saturday and it feels like he's one who might drift down did you side at me saying Mangala was bad or not no no, no
3: I, I thought it, I mean it, it as damning a reflection on a football performance as I've ever heard mate so <laughs> <laughs> he was just ter- I thought
1: I mean I, I'm a fan of his but I thought he Otherwise had a-, having a stinker yeah I thought he had a stinker I did think he had a stinker and I think Yates comes in I don't know I think the best midfield three is going to end up being probably Yates, Shelby and Froyler perhaps. Which I I
3: think is a a very competitive, uh, in all senses of the word, midfield in the uh, Premier League, to be fair.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think you get relegated with that midfield. I think it might be a bit of a scrappy midfield, apart
3: from from Shelby's brain The the thing, I'm not not trying to jump forward the chat or anything. Having seen what's going on at Southampton, having watched Bournemouth on Saturday, tea, uh, tea time, and then also watching Leeds yesterday... Nottingham Forest are are head and shoulders above, who are are currently in the bottom three. And Mm. I, I without wanting to kind of tempt fate with regards to how the rest of the season goes. That's that's not, this team, this club, is not a club that ends up in the bottom
1: three. No, I'm still confident. Still confident. Going back to the game. um,
3: Good luck, bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Back to the game, Greg. Um, Forest had a real spell there where I thought they might get, back into it and perhaps if they're a bit more of an established Premier League club they do was that the one opportunity that Forrest missed to maybe take a point just not capitalising on that spell
2: yeah and it it always coincides with Gibbs White just having flary moments doesn't it and he just gets the ball and he's he's suddenly past someone and it, it almost doesn't happen enough in games like that like say when the possession's so low but once they get that that ball moving and once the crowd are really on the side then you could see, I, I mean, I just watched Match of the Day again this morning and Cooper on the sidelines, he's so animated. He's not usually like that. And you could tell this was, that was going to be our moment. That was going to be our spell. And it, it didn't work this time, but it, were, it will next.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the game was over effectively with the, with the second goal. In the notes, I put, Prost, please, can you explain to me what Serge Aurier is doing for that second goal? If <laughs> you can help general? me there. <laughs> Just, But he runs it, he, he abandons his position, uh, yeah. slides in and then leaves the guy all the space he needs to score. Well, what's going on
3: there? Um. Well, I mean, it, it's it's funny when you reflect on football and you break down football matches. But what you said there, I, I've got no argument for. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why that would be the case, because it's madness really, isn't it? Mm. Um specific roles responsibilities are kind of meted out to to players again not not because I, I was there watching the game and working on it but if you, if 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 anyone that, that was remotely bothered to look at um the game between Bournemouth and Newcastle you're looking at a goal that Bournemouth scored where the center half I think uh, Senesi has a tapping from 2 yards out and then you look at how it, where it comes from and the, the, the striker, Isak, just, just lets him run into the box. And and, and I presume as a coach, he just kind of started going, why have you done that? Like, you, you've got a job to do. And in the sense of what you're talking about with Serge Aurier, who, who I think has been remarkably consistent with Forest, the player that I saw at Spurs, no one near it. Oh, he's gone. He's gone,
2: he's gone. I was, can, can I just say about Aurier as well? Yeah, he did. had it. He'd had William all game, like absolutely battling with him, tearing him around, and he didn't do himself any bad. And the mistake was after William went, wasn't it? So maybe he just thought, oh, relax, he's finally gone. And then, yeah. It was a great point. It was a a great point. (laughs) Yeah, the
3: the, the <laughs> new one of it was was zinger, but I'm not going to tell you what it was.
1: <laughs> but you were talking about responsibility, Pruts, in doing your job on yeah, the pitch. Orie yeah, is yeah, prone to, to just abandoning yeah, it. In and the, last
3: and, and the question that you're intellectualise it, but quite clearly it was a, just a momentary lapse of concentration and, and, and a case of not being in the right place at the right time. I, I, don't, I can't, like I said, I can't, I can't make it sound any smarter than that. I just didn't do his job.
1: No, no, I mean, I think he's been really good. The last two or three of the last four games is a little bit more concerning, but you know, you can't complain with his overall performance. He's been an excellent signing. Talking of excellent signings, Mikey, you're a big fan of Dennis. I thought you didn't, uh, well, you might change your opinion. You didn't, weren't a fan of what he did on Saturday. I thought he was pretty good until the, um, well, the, the, when push came to serve, he had to deliver and it just all went wrong. But like Temp said in our WhatsApp group, if that was his debut, we think he was a really good signing. So where are you at on Dennis after that game, Mikey?
0: Yeah, sarcasm comes across nicely on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. I was never um, enamoured by the signing, if I'm honest. I know we got 10 goals for Watford, but I just think, you know, the first season in the Premier League, you need everybody to put in an absolute shift and to literally leave the grass at five o'clock knackered and knowing they couldn't give any more. All I'm saying is, when I've seen Dennis play, he sort of flatters to deceive. And you know when Fletcher's on this podcast, he articulates it far better than I do, in that he has flashes of 10, 20, 30 seconds where you think, oh, oh, there's a player here. And then you don't see him. You don't see him for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or 60 minutes. And then then he does something again. And then you think, oh, I'll leave him on for a bit. and, And they never take him off. And I just think... I don't think we can afford that. You know, we've got a player a little bit like that in Brennan that plays in moments, but what he delivers to the team, his production is there, and he's delivering. And um, you know, he's only, he's only going to get better. I think, and I don't, I don't like having to dig at players, but I just, I don't really see how he kind of fits into what we want to do, certainly away from home. I think at home, maybe when you're chasing a game, you're trying to be more expansive. He might be somebody you chuck on for 20 minutes and say, go on then, let's see if he can have one or two of these flare moments and score as a goal. But I think you said it nicely, Matt. You know, he he gets into nice positions. And I wasn't buying what Tent said about his debut at all, if if I'm honest. I I still wouldn't be enamored. But again, he, he kind of, he missed the opportunities. So I hope I'm proved wrong. I said about 10 minutes ago that I will change my mind if I see something that I'm, I'm big enough and ugly enough to hold my hands up and say, look, I was wrong. And let's hope he scores against Man City, we win 1-0 and then goes on a run. And mm. and I'll be the first person to come back on here and say, do you know what? I've judged him too early. But I
3: the, think... The, 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 thing, sorry in, Michael, the, the thing with Dennis as well, the, the, the big thing that was coming out of Watford in that transfer window in August was keeping hold of Sa Joao Pedro and Dennis. And, and Forrest bought, I would say, arguably, because they're all very good players... The worst one of the three, and whether that was to do with the price that was paid, because they played with the front three Watford, um, and with Forrest perhaps playing with um, Chris Wood up top with three behind him, it's a slightly different position. But I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes players such as that, and this is me not writing him off as a Forest player or, or saying that he won't fit into what the system is with Steve, but there's absolutely, and it, it, it dovetails hopefully with what Mikey said, there's no place passengers in a team that's just got back into the Premier League at all. Like, we, we talked about the second goal. Um, Emmanuel Dennis dangling his foot when it comes to actually needing to put a challenge in isn't going to help anybody anywhere at mm. all. And when the game's in the balance up 1-0, like you say, second goal, they're buried. If, if you're looking at a team that sometimes struggle with creation, a second goal is an absolute death knell of a, of a victory. So, I don't think. I, I, and you said about wanting to, you're not writing a player off, you, you're judging him on what you've seen with your own eyes, and I think that's absolutely fair from what we've seen yeah. from him so far.
0: Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I concur with that, Chris. I think you're right. Um, and like I said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he, um, maybe gets a chance, goes on a run, scores some goals, but like I say, from, from what I've seen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not his biggest fan. And it was quite telling, I think, on the previous game where he didn't even make the bench, so uh. We shall see how that goes forward. But we we do have a few options now, don't we? We've got Wood, Johnson, Gibbs-White. They can all play in that central role. There's Surridge as well. There's, there's IU. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he features less and less as the uh, season goes on, if I'm honest.
1: Mm. Do you have a counter-argument for Dennis,
2: Greg? He's won me over a little bit for the last <laughs> yeah. two games, but he does have so many flaws. He uh, he had, I think, his better game when he came on on Saturday. And I know he still made like critical errors, and I think he had a shot on target. He did some off decent passes. Yeah but,
0: yeah, but the thing <laughs> that's,
3: away that's from home when we've, sco- when we've we're scored when we scored three goals—that's <laughs> not bad, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but if we scored, scored near the big white thing with a net, that'd be that'd be wonderful. I don't know if you could just get it somewhere near that. Crack um,
2: you've got to take everything you can at the minute with our form <laughs> away from home. Three goals all season. So yeah, if if he's still playing, then Cooper's seeing something in there. But yeah, he just needs to look a little bit more interested. However, on Saturday that was his best. This isn't game a good defense me. at all. It was. It was a, one of his better games he for me. If he
3: cared about his profession, I'd like him a bit more. Yeah, he could just look like you were trying to lay. <laughs> that <was>, that <laughs> <that was, laughs> a couple of given down to West London on this Saturday to put you out to get you to run around, if you could just. A little bit,
2: that'd be wonderful. Be nice. I'm delicate.
3: I thought... (laughs) you was a sport for the last 20... You've not even been to bed, have
2: you? (laughs) I've had had a couple of hours. What kind of nerd watches the Super Bowl? Who cares about the Super Bowl? No one. I didn't even know who won. Who was in it? Chiefs, Kansas City. Two teams I don't care about. Yeah, Yeah, Chiefs and Eagles. Two awful teams, but yeah, they won it. Anyway. Anyway,
1: <laughs> let's move on from Manuel Dennis. I thought he was better, but there's obviously uh, a, a way to go. Let's just talk about the league table then before we spend the last... I say I always say the last five minutes. It ends up being the last 15 minutes. Talking about Man City. Um, six points above the relegation zone ahead of Everton playing tonight. 24 points in 22 games. I think the discussion last week was, a Forest looking up above 17th now uh, after beating Leeds. Um, so now... Are you a bit twitchy, Mikey, after losing to Fulham? I know Greg will be optimistic. How are you? How are you feeling?
0: No, usually I'm the I'm the realist on this, aren't I? So Greg's the uh, Greg's the optimist. But I think, um, or the, so pragmatic, maybe. Um, I think uh, I was never one to say, do you know, what we're going to push to top half. I just think you, the first season back in the Premier League is so so difficult. You know, those teams that kind of really do push are few and far between. So even, you know, Leeds on their first season obviously did well. And after that, you know, they, they struggled. But honestly, you just need to, if somebody offered me 17th at five o'clock on the last day or three o'clock or whenever the game's finished, I'd bite the hand off. And I'm sure everybody else would. So, yes, it's great. And it's it's brilliant that we're looking up now rather than looking down. But we've got to be realistic. You know, Fulham was always going to be tough. Next week, I'm glad I'm away with working India, Matt, and you're going with Lindsay, not me, because that might be quite tough, that game. But after that, we've got West Ham and Everton, and there's points there. So we'll yeah. go up and down. We might drop towards the bottom three, but then we might get a few points. We've just got to keep our heads above water and not get, it's a cliche, not get too high or too low when we lose. But I've seen enough, as Proop said earlier on, to know that there are now three worse teams in this league than us. In fact, yep. there's more than that. Definitely. So Definitely. I'm, I'm all right with it, Matt. you just got to gotta roll with the punchers. Make sure you don't get too... Gutted after you lose to a very good team like Fulham because there's points out there. You know, our fancy is beating Everton. I fancy is getting something against West Ham. I um, fancy is against um, some of the other teams later in the season as well. So let's just keep accumulating them points. I reckon we need four, maybe five more wins, a couple more draws, job done. Where's Greg gone? Just an
1: absolute cavalcade of technological errors. To, uh... Cause, cause,
3: yeah, the deck is because he's been up for 24 hours straight watching. <laughs> Games from somewhere else. I was it's good at, job. Oh, apparently, Fletch was commentating on it. I was going it. to say, it's he's good job Fletch
1: out. isn't on here. He, he's, a, yeah, he's a huge NFL fan and he was the lead commentator. So, should we bring Greg back in and see if he no, can hang around? No, us he's, he's,
3: he's had one chance. <laughs> he's blown it. Sorry, Greg. Right, here he is. Here he is. Um hey, he did
1: do that with Gina. Did he get up, just walk out? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. We're going to mute Greg.
3: He's got a bit of static.
1: Didn't notice. I'll come back to Greg in a minute. Um, Man City, no, then. Don't the give me that. <laughs> I won't even let him speak. Um, I was looking at it this morning. Man City away from home. They've lost three games. I know they were Liverpool, Tottenham, and Man United. So no mugs by any stretch, obviously. Hmm. Do you see a little chink in the armour of, of Man City this season away from home that gives Forrest some hope that they might be able to get at least, well, at least a draw would be amazing, but something from this game?
3: I, I think the timing of playing them when. They feel like their backs are against the wall. It, I mean, it's, they've got Arsenal
1: midweek, haven't they? We should say.
3: I mean, it, it's quite a feat, isn't it, to for, for Pep Guardiola, who is an astonishing manager, to make it sound like a club bankrolled by a wealth fund of that size are underdogs. <laughs> they're like they're all against us. Not really, because you've had it your own way for quite a long period of time. Um, I think, given the Arsenal result, given what Man City traditionally do from here on in, chasing down. They they almost love chasing down a team that's ahead of them. I think if if Pep and Man City win the Premier League from the position that they're in now, that'll be one of his greatest achievements. I'm not saying that that then puts Forrest in in the bracket of cannon fodder for them to just go straight through the middle of. I just think it's going to be terribly tough. I've seen them at times this season where they've... The best way to play them, I was up at Newcastle watching them play, and Newcastle just swarmed. They went hell for leather. They they hit them with the type of energy and effervescence that they couldn't deal with. Now whether Forrest can do that and maintain that for ninety minutes, we'll 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 soon see. But it's I think it's a really tricky time to play Manchester City, even though we're talking about a team that's probably cost the best part of a billion pounds to put together. Um, I'm not saying Forest aren't going to get anything out of it. I just think it'll be one of the toughest games of the season. Which I mean, in in football punditry realms. Man City are very good. It's not the most mind-blowing opinion, to
1: <laughs> say. I suppose as well, Greg, we should point out that the Champions League starts again the week after, so there's a chance that maybe Haaland gets rested, maybe De Bruyne gets rested. But even so, it's going to be the toughest home game of the season probably with Arsenal, isn't it?
2: And that's where, <clears throat> that's where we come into our own as fans and You know, the big games, the Liverpools, we always manage to do something. I watched Man City yesterday, and this is the argument as to why we're going to get something. You've got Haaland arguing with his own players. I thought Villa's goal was so easy, Mm -hmm. almost walked through them. It's not the Man City that we've been used to the last five or six years. I know they were devastating against us at home, but I feel like, you know, they're under the kosher a little bit now. If the result doesn't go their way in midweek and god imagine getting a point there uh sorry against them and it, you just never know you never know with forest you know and i think me and mikey were saying if we if we do it'll be a, a one nil or a, a one we're not going to be beating them three two four three are we but um yeah you just never know it's another free hit it really is these two games for me were always the free hits
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it could end up being Forest lose 5 0 and get absolutely slaughtered. And it's still, again, it still wouldn't change my opinion of where the season's heading or not. It's just one, it is a standalone game in that sense, I, I think. Um, Mikey, your nephew Jake's in the comments, uh, and he's in his team. He's got Danilo back in and he's got Wood out, Gibbs White, Johnson, Surridge up front. A few changes there. Would you be making any changes, Mikey?
0: Uh, I'll play every defender we've got fit. No, I'm joking. Um, I, I, I'm just looking at his team now. I'm, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I pretty much like that. I think um, I'll probably go with that central midfield, Danilo, Frawler and Shelby. And then it's Morgan Gibbs, White, Johnson Johnson, and, and, and who else? Maybe even Surridge. I quite like what Prutz was saying around, let's just press a bit further and just be a bit more front-footed and be a bit more energetic. I think... I'm not sure that's going to happen. I think what we might see is just back off a little bit, do a sort of mid to low block, and sort of try and contain them. It would be wonderful if we if we had a go at them. I guess it all depends on what team he picks. You know, if he's going to play somebody like a Surridge, then it, it, you know it's it's a possibility that we could do that and press a little further higher up the pitch. I think that's probably what I'd go with. I'd stick a three tight in midfield, um, and then just when we lose the ball, just go back into a five in midfield with Johnson and Gibbs White, maybe dropping back. Um, you know, we were talking about Chris Wood earlier in, in, in the, in the programme, and, and I remember a, um, uh, the game away at Man City where we lost 6-0. Was it 6 It could have been anything. It was. Um, yeah. we, we really needed a, a focal point up front that day just to hold the ball up and buy a few free kicks more than anything. So I wonder whether we're going to take anything from that and maybe we do start Wood and, and just try and use him as, as, as a bit of an outball in the first half um, and try and stay in the game as long as possible and then see what we can do last half an hour. There's numerous ways where we can approach it, but I do agree with you, Matt, and, and you, Greg, when you're saying, I'm not sure I'd, I'd say it's a free hit because, you know, Villa got a point off them. So they're not unbeatable or, you know, it's not as if, you know, we're not playing like Barcelona from the late 90s. You know, we can get something out of them, but I think we'd need everybody to get at eight, nine or 10 out of 10. We'd need all the luck our way. We'd need VAR to draw lines properly. You know, I'm sure we'll talk about that. In a bit. Uh, and we, we just need everything to fall into place. But the longer we stay in the game, um, the better. What we can't afford is an early goal because that just could be anything. If it's if it's nil-nil at halftime, I'll be absolutely delighted and then just see what goes from there. But even if we do lose two, three, or four, the two games after that, Greg's right. They're the type of games that's going to define our season, and I'm 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 hopeful that we'll get something from them.
1: Mm-hmm. I do think the striker position is the key. Like Ollie Watkins yesterday, I think, I mean, he's a bit of a frustrating watch if you're a Villa fan cause he misses chances, but he gets about the pitch. He's very mobile and he doesn't make it easy. For, so who, um, it's kind of a Surridge is the best fit for that, but I don't know if Surridge starts. A, I don't know if Wood's going to get around, but like someone says in the comments, if Chris Wood scores one goal, and get, you know, that could get him going. So we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think we've covered all the bases I wanted to cover. Time for it. Any other business, Greg? Anything you want to add before we depart?
2: Come on, tell us about the overlap. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't realise it was you that has got us on there. I know it's second choice. And you uh, still sure uh, so thank you
3: in all the time we've been talking. To,
2: thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> love to do it again. I, you know, hands it looks up. It's looks pretty style. cool. Like, the studio, the studio looks like the setup looks pretty cool. That was awesome. Uh, and Jamie Carrig is such a nice bloke. I hate to say it. Never thought I'd <laughs> say that, but he is. It's such like, it's a
3: top it's name. Quite, um, very intense, isn't it? I mean, he, mm. he asks you if he, if he ever asks how you are. It's almost like he wants to start on you.
2: <laughs> yeah. You yeah. okay? Right. That's how we met. Like he came yeah. straight into the yes, studio. The like, yeah. But no, it's great. But uh, my, any other my, any other business is pre match. Uh, Man City, Forza have got a pre match gig. So we're at the old Cold Store, which is the Vat and Fiddle. Right near the train station, uh, there's like capacity for like 400 people. So live music, DJ, our friends bar bar uh, doing the food, and no doubt that will be all over Footy Scram because it's incredible the food is. Wow. Uh, got loads going off. It'll be a really good pre-match. So Vat and Fiddle out the back, the old Cold Store, uh, will be there from like half 11. Uh, Tom, Tom in the comments asked,
1: Why do I have a farm door in my house? Are uh, the questions <laughs> that you get about people's? that's yeah, not a farm, it's just It's just a really old door, Tom. Original door, you know.
2: yeah. You should, uh, it's been
1: stripped it. back, it was painted, it was, it was we got, they were stripped back when we moved in. So, there you go, discussing the decor.
3: <laughs> door chat,
1: door chat. Pratt's <laughs> any other business before you <laughs> go off and do that? Um, any of
3: the business, any of the business. No, say, no, no, just Mikey's Reiterate what I'd said, um, or two things, about the fact, having seen teams in and around that end of the table, I, I've, I've got no doubt whatsoever that Forest will be absolutely fine. And I, like Mikey says, it's not down and down ambition to say that 17th or above, happy days, it's party time before us end up with that at the end of the, uh, end of the season. Um and just lovely to to, to see Mikey fighting fit, and, and obviously lovely to see you, 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 Greg and Matt. But to see Mikey looking looking as fresh as he as he possibly could
0: do. Yes, he had a rough week, a rough week indeed.
1: Mikey, any other hmm. business
0: before we go? Yeah, I'm obsessed with that farm door now. I keep looking at. Um, no, uh, yeah, I had I had three quick things. I know you want to talk about VAR, three. so it's now. Two, well, yeah, but it's now two things. so I'll let you talk about.
1: Um, I'm not going to talk about VAR. So.
0: I'll, I'll be quick. I'm not. You uh, can if you want. I'm not. Uh, so the things I've got, firstly, are um, a lot of people. I know they do with you, Greg. Stop, stop me about the podcast and stuff. And I'm always like really intrigued about all the different types of people, all ages that listen to it in all different ways. So some in the car, some at work. My mate um, Steve's kid, Eden, listens to it after school, and it, I just think it's it, it's really cool. Even after a defeat, that you can get a bit of like um, perspective. And, you know, I just think it's it, it's good cool because it's not always easy to to listen to, to people talk about sport, especially when your team's lost. So um, that's pretty cool. Secondly, about the, the NHS as well. There's been loads of us, not just me, um, in the last couple of weeks that have, that have gone in for, for treatment. And um, shout out to all those people, a couple of Forest fans in there because I have my Forest top on. Um, so especially to those guys and i'll um oh actually props you were the first face that i saw when i came out of hospital on friday night oh my moment. god how's that make you feel
1: you went straight back in
0: yeah i
3: mean <laughs> that I means like, like a horror film just you reaching out <laughs> something to hang on to and it was me i'm so sorry So i am not saying something that interesting and with it
0: yeah I think so. <laughs> uh, to- talking about Horrifying. Um, VAR. Um, I'm not going. I'm not going to go off on a rant because I think everybody thinks the same thing. But what I will say is the argument for VAR, and I was convinced it was going to screw us in the playoff final, which it which it never did, thankfully. And I probably should be a convert because it actually went for us. But the that, argument. I, still,
3: oh. Sorry to put my mind. That, that's still the most mind boggling thing about that. Where you look at that game, you look where Huddersfield Town are now, and, and know, I, I know people that work at Huddersfield Town, and it. Talk about a sliding doors moment that can change a club's trajectory for decades to come. If we were all watching it going, well, I mean, that's surely getting looked at. <laughs> I think what we heard was, no, we just waved it on and you go, <laughs> they've got at least two very good penalty shouts there. It was staggering, mate, but well,
0: It's No, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty much my point is, what I always got told for the people that are advocates of VAR is, as long as they get the right decision, it's fine. So, whether that takes 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes, where the games finish at 10 past five, which they are doing now on a Saturday, as long as they get the right decision. Well, we're not even getting that now because there's been numerous examples of it. So, my view has always been in the same, you know, let the referees ref. Anything that's automated, like goal line technology, fine. But anything that needs that human intervention, let's stop it where he kicks the ball. We're going to stop it back. He kicks it about then. Let's try and draw a line. When did protractors start to rule the game? It's just. I hate it. It's an emotion killer. I'm, you know, at the ground. I'm watching it with, you know, an emotional handbrake on because you can't celebrate the goal because you think they'll find a reason to rule it out. And then there's that weird second cheer that happens when you kick off, which is awful. There's crowd's chanting VAR. I mean, come on! But I think it, 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 it's just time just to bin it. I'm fed up with it. Sorry, I, I did say I was going to have a bit of a rant, Matt. So that's, Fair enough. Think, that's think, fine.
1: That's fine. That's
0: fine. I think, that's fine. I think uh, go on, Prods.
3: Yeah, I, 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 it's 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 not a funny one because it, I think you're absolutely right. That emotional handbrake is such a great phrase, which I, I'm going to nick wholesale and use quite a lot, Mike. <laughs> it. Because it's it goes it goes back to a very um, a, a very timely um, kind of period of obviously with Nottingham Forest and Brian Clough being in charge. He referee's decision was final, pay, wasn't it? If it was good enough for Old Big Ed, it should be good enough for people nowadays and I think yeah it, it's it's it was brought in to help referees and I just think it's made referees jobs infinitely harder true true
1: uh, I've got two then quickly but before that if you enjoyed, you like and subscribe Nick in the comments always does a better job than me telling people to like it uh, as you it does <coughs> as you join us it does certainly help and a review on iTunes certainly helps as well right my two quickly uh Lee Mason as a VAR that was one of them I mean, how many mistakes can one guy make? Not Forgetting to draw the lines is the is the peak, but he's done Forest over certainly once this season against Brentford, so I would certainly sack him. And secondly, a shout-out to Chris Cohen. I feel a bit bad for him. I think, you know, Greg, you were saying he'd, you heard he'd moved his family down to Southampton. There's obviously a human side to these sackings. Um, Nathan Jones, I think he, he's made a bit of an idiot of himself as Southampton manager with some of the stuff he's said and the way he's gone about it, which is a shame, but... I do feel for Chris. Uh, he seems a lovely guy. So, uh, do you, you must know him well, Prutz.
3: Chris, uh, I know Alan Sheehan better, who's okay. um, uh, Nathan's number two. I know Nathan pretty well um, from those two times that he dived in the playoff semi final for Yeovil. Um,
1: <laughs> so, do you feel bad for Nathan James or not?
3: No, uh, from, from the fact that I know him as a person, yeah. I, I just, it, it was. You look up... So, obviously, Southampton looking for a new manager. Leeds looking for a new manager. The, the the next port of call for Leeds feels like this number two to Ten Hag at Ajax. And you look on Twitter or whatever and he's already been completely dismissed out of hand. Mm. Who, who knows what if he's any good? No one knows that. Jesse Marshall was dismissed out of hand because he was American. It then, obviously, came to fruition with regards to the, the results on the pitch. Knowing Nathan, knowing what he puts into a job as a manager you can't help but feel for him. If you look at the way the team has performed, I mean, obviously this is a completely Nottingham Forest-based chat, but you look at the goals that Southampton conceded at the weekend. These these are established, highly paid Premier League footballers playing like a pub team. That's not the manager's fault. That is absolutely... And and I've been there as a player where you you could point the finger and say, what on earth were you all doing? And there's just no answer to it. But it's always the manager that kind of um, is the one, is the scalp that, 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 that's taken and then moved on. So I, I really do feel for him and knowing how precarious it is to be a manager. And again, with Alan Sheen and, and Chris, they'd have been there lock, stock and barrel in most days. Uh, long hours, relatively long hours for it. But trying to work out what the right formula is to get that club up and running. And it hasn't worked. And it's people now, thank you very much, Nathan Jones. You were probably in the, in the kind of, in the, in the, breakdown of Premier League managers, he will be pointed at and laughed at and um, dismissed. But there's a man there that knows exactly how to work a football club. It just didn't happen at uh, Southampton and I really do feel for him. But the Premier League's brutal, as we know.
1: True. I mean, you do have Southampton connections yourself. You know, you, you played there uh... He's your father-in-law played there. You, you reminded
3: there. me this, <laughs> and he's he went, the one the
1: family are proud of that, for playing for Southampton. Is that right, your father? Your father? Is that the story about your son? Can tells you, everyone. Can you say any son? more
3: condescending if you try. <laughs>
1: it's you who tells the story.
3: It? No, it was it was because my father-in-law played in the same team as Mick Shannon, so a That's very good it. Southampton team. Uh, and then my son was asked why he was a Southampton fan by friends of ours that were down there. No longer friends now because they were horrible. To me. Um, why do you support Salanson and his take on it was because my granddad played for them. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking around like <laughs> that, great yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, uh I think that covers everything. I'm not sure if we'll be back on Thursday. I'll certainly uh try and sort something out. Um but hopefully great.
3: great so. probably busy. We'll be we Jake home for his podcast. Off Stephen Will the one for available. You. Diary of a CEO. it will be, it'll be, it'll be on um, Joe Rogan dismissing COVID next,
2: won't he? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put me in that group. It sticks. <laughs> I'm awful right. available, yeah.
1: Good. We've given Greg a lot of stick, and I know he'll get messages on Twitter from his mates about it, so it's been well worthwhile getting him on. <laughs> what happened with the doorbell before we go? You took your doorbell cam off.
2: Yeah, I've learned from previous errors when I uh, have a late your wife night puts on. the footage
1: out of you stumbling in at 2 a.m.?
2: Yeah, exactly that. I don't <laughs> want to give the people what they want. <laughs> I can't believe there's uh, over three hundred
1: people still watching this.
3: Who 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 else who else has a one of those doorbell cams? Do you, Matt?
2: Do you mind? <laughs> I
1: sure let the pantry die. They're so loud, it's really annoying. No. There's someone <laughs> Actually, at the door, there's weird. someone at the door.
2: Weird. Yeah. I know. It's good. We're never in, so like when someone brings a pass or well, you can tell them where to hide it. Yeah, what, but I never leave, leave my house. Corner. I'm here all Just the time. Like, yeah, we had the police knocking at a door last week because there was something going off. We wanted to know if it picked it up, but it didn't. <laughs> Greg, where do you live? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's moved to didn't a, a state so wow. people- yeah, yeah.
3: Is, Is he in the posh part or not?
1: <laughs> are you in the posh part now? I think you are, aren't you?
2: Now, always, yeah. Bridgeford, Rushcliffe. There you go. No, I'm Ruddington now. I'm Ruddington. Did, that,
3: that's just John, my memory using the word knots was watching the... Second leg of the semi-final and, and Gary Neville, Greg's mate, um, referring to Forest as Not's Forest, and you, and you just go, oh, no. oh, oh, oh,
2: some oh. of them do it on purpose, knowing what it's going to do, create. Do they, do they really? Is it yeah. that calculated? Come on, Greg. I'll put him in there. I'll put him in that. Category.
1: Right, we should go. Like Sorry, I said, three hundred people now. watching us just talk utter nonsense still, Damn. which is yeah, good of them. Very much That's appreciate.
3: What podcasts are. I think so, yeah. I, I think, think you're right. Watching it.
1: True, <laughs> true. Right. We'll let everyone go. Mikey, thanks for joining us. Hope you feel well We'll feel 100% soon.
0: Cheers, Mark. Thank you. There's some good comments today. I know, uh, just in case everybody, you know, that, that comments on it, we do read them. And um, I, I, I read, read them all. I yeah, should really say, good. actually,
1: I read literally every YouTube comment, and some of them can be quite nasty, but they're mostly like ninety-five percent positive. So, yeah, if you write a nasty comment, do remember that I read them all. And I think Greg reads quite a lot of them as well. So, yeah, be as nice <laughs> yeah. as you can. Constructive criticism, right? Prot, thank you very much.
3: My pleasure. I'm just going to make. I'm going to start commenting now on everything that we've said. Why? Why can't I comment on it?
1: Comment on here. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think only I can. If I comment, it, it comes out. As, um, it comes out as a Reach PLC comment, probably. So you know, you have to be careful what you write. It can't can't all, let all, you loose on it.
3: Yeah, all all, all views, um, views own. That's what we that's what we've got to kind of hide behind.
1: Them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Greg, thank you very much.
3: I enjoyed it. Cheers.
1: Absolutely right. I've got to find the cursor. It's too bright in here. There we go. Okay. Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good week.
3: We shall see you on Thursday or this time next week.